Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. We have an amazing interview tonight with the founding member and guitarist Chris Dawson from the hard rock metal band Seasons After coming on in a moment. So it's going to be an awesome interview tonight. We're going to take you on a really cool musical journey to learn all about this amazing band, and we'll be promoting their new album. But before I bring him on, I always like to do a brief introduction to the show to anyone who is new and tuning in tonight. Seasons After is going to be one of the amazing bands that I've been fortunate and honored to interview. They will be joining uh, some of these other great bands such as Shaman's Harvest, Soboflex, Gemini Syndrome, Soil, I Empire, otherwise Eve to Adam, Raw, Art of Dying, and the list goes on. So please support all of the artists that I've had on my show, all the podcasts are available, and I really do a different interview than a lot of people. Um, my background is actually in psychology. I'm a clinical psychologist. That's what my doctorate degree is in. And I really enjoy combining my interviewing skills with my passion for entertainment. I also have an album out as a solo artist. I do some writing for some magazines. And then I wanted to really create a forum where I could really bring people on in the entertainment industry, help support them, and spread the word to get their name out there. I know personally how challenging it can be when you do everything independently on your own. And uh, I know that Seasons After are currently, you know, in that um, boat because they are doing everything on their own. And uh, they're just doing so much work for themselves and getting their name out there. And we'll talk about some of the challenges they've had tonight. So um, as I mentioned, I'm a clinical psychologist, but my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Um, We don't do any formal therapy. We will sometimes talk about psychology stuff in an educational format, um, but that is the extent that will go in terms of uh, that aspect. And also I want my guests to feel grounded, to talk about whatever they'd like. So, you know, if you're going to be talking about any embarrassing or humiliating stories, we do like comedy. I'm a fan of comedy. Just leave any identifying information out because we don't want to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone. So if you're tuning into the show, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com and you can join us in the chat room. But because I am a one-person show here, I'm going to be uh, honing in and focused on the interview with Chris tonight. If you tune in late by any means, there will be a podcast available after the interview is over that you can uh, download or stream for free. So let me give you some information about Seasons After. I did a lot of research on these guys yesterday and and really learned a lot about this band that I just wouldn't have otherwise been familiar with. Seasons After, as I mentioned, they're a metal and hard rock band, a five-piece band that originated in Wichita, Kansas back in 2006. The band found some early success on the uh, band's Warped Tour, Taste of Chaos, and Rockstar Energy Mayhem Festival, sharing the stage with some major acts such as Avenged Sevenfold, Disturbed, Stone Sour, Hailstorm, and Godsmack, to name a few. Um, Through their first album, which was titled actually Through Tomorrow, they had some major success with popular songs such as their hit single Getting Even and the cover that they did of Tom G. Mack's Cry Little Sister, which I actually heard this morning on the way to work on uh, Sirius XM Octane. And that's actually where I learned about Seasons After and became familiar with these guys and, and really enjoyed what I heard coming out of them musically. I want to say despite several challenges that they have encountered along the way um, in terms of internal stuff with the band as well as some label uh, difficulties, this band has definitely proved what hard work and motivation is about. These guys have persevered, and after approximately a three-year hiatus, they are currently back now 
with an album that I swear does not have uh, one filler song on it. Every song could be a hit single. It's titled Calamity Scars and Memoirs, and I think it appropriately sums up um, how these guys have moved forward in their musical journey. So be sure to check them out. Visit them at seasonsafter.com. And uh, last but not least, I want to thank Steve Karras from SKH Music for coordinating the interview. I've done a lot of interviews with him, and it's always great to uh, support him and have his bands on the show. So, okay, with that introduction, let's bring Chris on the air. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hey, pretty good. How are you doing? Good, good. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you guys, to have you on promoting the band. Well, thanks. It's good to be here. Nice. So where are you located tonight? Are you guys out on doing any shows right now, or where are you located right now? No, we're off for the next few days. We're actually at home in Kansas. Well, our our, our homes, everybody's from different areas, so uh, home for me is Kansas. Okay, so you're still located in, is it the town Wichita? Yeah, just south of there, yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, so let's do this. I like to, um, you know, I prepare some questions and stuff, and I do a lot of research, as I mentioned, in the intro on the band, but I want you to feel open to and take the interview in whatever direction you want. You know, this is all about you guys tonight and uh, me supporting and promoting you. You know, so if, if something else comes up along the way and you want to take it in a different direction, feel free to do so. Okay. All right. All right, so let's start out. Um, as I mentioned, unfortunately, I have a background in psychology, and I, I really like to get, get to know who the band is, um, you know, not just musically, but who you guys are as people. So tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, just growing up in Wichita, Kansas, you know, what was it like for you as a kid? What were some of the interests and things that, you know, you were involved in? And, you know, outside of music, share something that's, um, you know, different about yourself that other people might not otherwise know. That's a pretty good question. It's hard to answer <laughs> stuff out. It's hard to answer stuff that like that has anything to do with anything outside of music because it's really been okay. a focus of mine for so long. I'm not really into sports or um okay. outdoors or anything. I've really been focused on music for the for as long as I can remember. Um Okay, so then so, why don't you um and that's fine. That's totally fine. Why don't you then maybe reflect back as, you know, as a kid growing up, a little kid, you know, your first memory um, with music, you know, were you watching TV or, you know, how were you exposed to it? Why don't we, you know, we can go in that direction. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, I, my earliest memory of music stuff is I had an uncle that played guitar and he played a lot of old Aussie tunes and stuff that I was really kind of getting into like the heavy metal scene at a young age. And he just seemed to know all the, all the cool riffs from all the cool songs. And, and I I desperately wanted to be able to do all that stuff too. So I remember him setting me down and, and just showing me a bunch of riffs and and my father as well was a guitar player. Um, And they just kind of just set you down and teach you some riffs. And it was just, just that fire that kind of started right there. And it nice. it was just something I couldn't let go of. How old were you at that time when he was teaching you this stuff? Probably, probably around ten, eleven, right okay. in that right in that area. And then it was okay. something that kind of came and came and went a little bit through the teenage years. You know, uh, 
I think it was it, not that I lost interest in it. I think my focus switched to maybe some girls or something through <laughs> through mid teens <laughs> or something. But I okay. definitely picked it back up. Um, it stayed with me, but it really kind of started um, started becoming really important to me in the band aspect and being in a band and writing music as a band in the late teens. So okay. it really fired up for me then too. Nice. And and growing up in Wichita, Kansas, Kansas, do you have any brothers or sisters? Do you have any siblings? Um, are any of them in music? No, I am actually an only child. Oh, really? Okay. So interesting. Yeah, only child. Yeah, so it's just myself to keep myself busy. It's, I think the music helped out a lot. Definitely. Yeah, I'm sure it helped in terms of just you know, taking you away from stuff at times and having you focus on something. So before age 10, like you said, you weren't interested. Did you play video games? Was there anything, like, that you, you know, outside of music that you enjoyed to do as, as a little kid? I think I am. I might be so boring <laughs> in some aspects. Because no, you're I, not. I, I, yeah. I didn't play video games either. I I still okay. to this day, and I'm not a gamer. I don't, I don't do sports. I, I pretty much just dig into music and all the different aspects I actually produce and I, and I write um, not only with seasons after, but with other artists, I have a studio wow. and I record and, and uh, okay, yeah, cool. anything music related Art. I mean, I'm a graphic designer as well. So I also dive into that. Some of that stuff was kind of a force thing uh, as a band trying to get some things done. You want to have great graphics and you want to have, good music and all that stuff and Definitely. instead of instead of outsourcing it I think I just took it upon myself to like I need to learn how to do everything that a band needs to do and I need to be great at it myself so that's, that's a good way to look at it do, yeah so art and graphic design and CD layouts and you know video work now into these lyric videos and motion graphics and stuff I, I do a lot of that and Recording cool. this album was recorded in our studio, and and we're going to talk a lot of it yeah. about that, a lot about that stuff. So definitely. So then, okay. So then, let's stay when you're in your kind of teens and you're really getting into music. And tell us a little bit about what was going on with that in terms of did you graduate high school and decided you know this is what I'm going to do as a career. I'm going to do whatever I have to to make it work. So tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll start to kind of launch into your music career. High school was a tough time for me personally. I I got in with a little bit of the wrong crowd, and I actually did not graduate high school. Um, and music okay. wasn't a huge focus during that time for me, but listening to music definitely was. Uh, music has definitely been that kind of that rock in my life, um, especially metal and rock music to where it was like, I always kind of had that. There was always a song or something that just kind of got me through the hard times and what it, whatever it might be. So, being, And, and, and being again, Chris, being, uh, not to interrupt, but I just want to, you know, share what you feel comfortable with if you can share, you know, any information in terms of why you didn't graduate or, you know, what kind of drove you away from that and you feel comfortable, please do so. If not, that's fine. Okay. Well, obviously, I don't want to touch into too much personal things, sure. like any issue, any mommy daddy issues, or anything like that. Okay. Uh, 
it was it was just something where I kind of had free reign as a kid. I didn't have a lot of guidance or parenting happening, so you know, unless it, unless it was important to me, it was kind of a decision that I had to make to whether it was something I wanted to do or I felt it was good for me at the time in school just wasn't one of those things. I was busy hanging out with friends and jamming music and stuff like that, so. Gotcha. Okay. So you decide, like you said, to, to leave school because it's not a, not a good fit for you, so to speak, and when do you start to get involved in, you know, bands where you feel like it's getting potentially serious? And if there were any bands prior to Seasons After Forming, you know, talk a little bit about that. About that. And then we'll start to launch into uh, when you put Seasons After together. Okay. Um, I did, I jammed around with some friends towards the late teens is when I really started getting into uh, playing music, not just, sitting at home playing guitar and writing riffs and learning some other riffs, it, it became this thing where it was like at some point you kind of have to start creating songs and, and not only creating songs yourself, but with other people, you know, it's the, you have mm-hmm. to, you have to get that band thing going on. So uh, late teens is when I really started getting interested in that. And it was just a matter of finding the right people. And I actually only had one band before seasons after um, it took me shapes and forms throughout, you know, a handful of years of jamming with, you know, a handful of the same guys. I come from a, a small place, so there's not a plethora of musicians right. all over. You know, you're kind of, right. th- these are the guys that you jam with and you might fight with them or whatever, make it work. <laughs> you just make it work and write some <laughs> songs. And I put out a couple little demos and uh, just some EPs and just some garage recording stuff and, it just never worked out. It was hard to get a lot of people on the same page and, and have the same goals. And, and sure. So it's just a matter of finding those those people that are like-minded, that you, that you share the same goals with, and, and you, you have the desire and passion to go after those goals and tackle them, wanted to move yourself along in the, in the music industry. And, you know, when you're young, I don't think that you probably don't know what's what's best and the right moves to make. So you're just out jamming and playing clubs and, and writing songs and lots of rehearsals and, you know, just playing yep. for friends and stuff like that. So you don't really know, but um, there was a, a period of time that I also took off from that before I started seasons after. And when, when that happened, it was just kind of, it was a deal where it's like, I know what I want to do. I know how I want to get there and it was just a matter of finding the people. And I didn't want to involve myself with anybody from the past that I jammed with. Um, Cause I already knew okay. that those weren't the people that it, that it was going to take to make it. You know, I've I'd, I'd right. done a lot right. of playing and, and trying to figure things out. And so when it came to forming seasons after it was a clean slate, it was people I'd never played with, but people I looked up to in like the Wichita music scene and I knew that, hey, in this band, it was this guy. He was the guy. He was the go-getter. He's a talented musician. He's the one that's doing the booking for their band or the art for their band or, you know, the go-getter nice. kind of guy. And I, I just went through and I found all those positions and all the bands around and, and basically just asked them if they wanted to work on a project together. It was, it was supposed to be nothing serious. It was like, hey, here's some tunes. Let's put them together. Let's go record it and just see where we set. You know, let's see how it turns out. You know, everybody had their other band, so they could 
you know, they always had that. That was their main driving focus. But we were able to come together and, and have some rehearsals and work out some tunes and went and recorded and me, the songs um, at a suit. <laughs> while you're talking What's about that? this, Chris, let me ask you a question. No, while you're talking about this, it's interesting. When you reached out to these people, did you have any you know, prior relationship with them or familiarity with them? Or were you kind of randomly reaching out to them? And, and how did they respond? You know, like you said, was, considering the fact that they were in bands that were gigging and doing stuff, you know, tell us a little bit about that. I think that's interesting, and I think it's really creative on your end and smart because you were proactive and you kind of did your homework, like you said, of figuring out what you want, what you don't want anymore, um, which is which is great. Right. I actually didn't know any of them. I knew okay. nothing. It was a matter of going to some shows in Wichita and just mm-hmm. talking to other people about the other bands, like, you know, hey, what's some great bands? Because I was new to Wichita. I just moved to the Wichita area. I came from another town um, called Salina. So, okay. you know, they <clears throat> there were some some je- some suggestions from some people that I met, met initially when I moved here, and they were like, hey, go check out this band, go check out this band, go check out this band. You really need to check out this drummer. You really need to check out this guy or whatever. You know, let, I kind of let right. them know what I was up to a little bit. And then going and checking out those bands and those people and forming a little bit of a relationship, telling them my story, letting them know what, what I wanted to do, you know, they they were up for it. So Cool. But Very I had cool. no, no history with any of those people. Sorry. And, um, and, but and I had that no might history have been... with those people. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so that's all I was getting at was, is, yeah, it was it was very awkward at first because I think when you jump into a a band, you you kind of want to have some kind of relationship with somebody so you know that they're not crazy or you know that you know this person doesn't work hard. But that was the whole point of finding the bands that were like, look, this this dude gets things done. You know, and just right. <laughs> that drive alone sometimes is enough to just make stuff work. But fortunately, Absolutely. I was able to find people that were amazing musicians and just driven, driven, driven. That's awesome. And, okay, and, so we'll talk a little bit about, as you're talking about these members, because these are the, I guess I'm assuming these were some of the original members that were in Seasons After, because I know you've had, you know, a couple of lineup changes along the way with a couple of members. Were these the guys right. in 2006 that you brought on board to create it? Yeah, this was, that's that's the original lineup where, where all those people from, okay. from those bands. And uh, what was crazy was right after we kind of did that, that very first recording, I think it had like five songs on it or something, um, we kind of just sent it out. We, we had still, there were still no major commitments for for the project everybody still had their other bands but you know we went and did the kind of regular band thing where you take a picture get the logo you know it, at that time it was myspace so it was put up the myspace and right. get some you know some feedback or whatever but definitely we actually submitted yeah. the music and, and we actually won a bunch of like contests to you know like play the warp tour or play all these huge shows And I think it was something at the time that none of these other bands were like, wow, my band, you know, we don't do that kind of stuff. That's crazy. You know, so (laughs) the focus, I think everybody's focus started to gradually kind of lean towards what we were doing um, because everybody was so driven to get things done. And we were kind of taking some risks and and, uh, doing some things that not 
not every band does right out of the gate. You know, we were shooting for the right. top right out of the gate. And again, so, Chris, I, mean, I think we had an album just... recorded before we ever played a show, really. <laughs> wow, that was the Food Tomorrow that album, or that was something else? It was the EP. It was an EP that the that had the five songs that are on through tomorrow. Gotcha. Okay. But I think, again, I think that what you're saying is just so relevant and, you know, people who are tuning into the show tonight, and I do like to take people on, like I was saying in the the outset of my interview, I really want to do something different. I don't want to be asking you the same questions. You know, of course, we'll get to what are your influences and some basic stuff like that. But, you know, I want people to hear something different, and I think it's just so relevant and just interesting how you're saying, you know, from the get-go, it was like this is what we need to do to get to the top. And you're not kind of sitting around and just kind of, you know, trying to figure things out. You're just right away kind of being proactive and assertive and just doing things differently than others. Um, and I think people can learn from that because it is a tough industry and it's very challenging, as you know, with some of the things you guys have went through. Um, so, yeah. So let's do this because I want to talk a little bit more about you know, the band and the album, but I want to fit in at least the two songs tonight that you guys are currently promoting, all right? So okay. let's talk a little bit about Wake Me, which I think is, again, since I've got, since I, you know, have received a copy of this album, I, I and I'm not just saying this, Chris, it's just phenomenal. I mean, every song could be a single, there's no fillers on it. It's, you know, it's just the energy, the drive, the, the talent you guys have just with writing songs. I can't stop listening to it. I mean, I just worked out to it before the interview when I got home from work. So, and this seriously is one of my favorite tracks. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it really illustrates, you know, kind of wake me where you guys are today in terms of, you know, waking up, so to speak, from some of the stuff you went through. Um, and that's just my kind of so symbolic interpretation of that, that track. But tell us a little bit about, you know, your impression of that song, and then we're going to check it out. Yeah, I mean, you've got it exactly. When you're right. faced with a bunch of stuff <laughs> that you can't, you have no, I mean, you have no control over, and it's, I mean, you're fighting as hard as you possibly can to to do everything you mm-hmm. can to, yeah, it's, 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 the struggle itself, it's sometimes out of, out of your hands. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You can fight and fight and fight, but if there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you can do, and sometimes you just, Sometimes you want to throw, you know, throw in the towel and just say, I give up. I can't do this, you know. But and I think that's basically in a nutshell what that song is. It's just, it just kind of speaks. It's a chronicle of the whole the whole time we were down, not knowing if we were going to be able to make it or if we were going to get back on our feet from that. So, Right. And we'll talk, you know, when we get back. Again, you sharing whatever you feel comfortable sharing with, you know, the challenges and, and just reading about what you guys went through. I, you know, I, I only heard some of your songs on the radio and I loved what I heard. And I was like, I got to interview these guys. And it was just really enlightening when I was reading a lot about you guys and the stuff you've been through. And I don't know, I could just, I, I just kind of put myself in your shoes and I was just like, wow, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, you guys have like 10 albums out and, and it was interesting just to see your journey and, and the challenges you guys had and just how far you've come. So um, you know, it's. I think you guys are going to do a lot of great stuff, and this album it definitely speaks for for where you're going. Thank you. So yeah. So with that being said, I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to check out Wake Me, and then we'll come back and 
again, talk about, you know, some of the, the beginning and changes that happened along the way with the label and get into this album, and then I'll check out So Long Goodbye later on. All right? Okay. okay. All right, cool. Hold on, Chris. Thank you. All right, everyone. Chris Dawson, the founding guitarist and uh, founding member and guitarist of Seasons After. We're going to check out Wake Me Right Now, which is off of their new album. So everyone has to pick it up. It's titled Calamity, Scars, and Memoirs, and it is currently out. So definitely download this album and pick a copy up. So here we go. Wake Me, and we'll be back in a moment. I'm running high, high, high. I can't, I don't think I'm the only 
everyone. Welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, hit single Wake Me by Seasons After off of their album Calamity, Scars, and Memoirs, which is out now. And again, as I said, killer tracks and music on this album. So please pick up a copy of these guys and visit them at seasonsafter.com. All right, Chris. Great, great stuff on that album. Oh, my gosh. That song is just sick. Really good. Oh, thanks. You there? <laughs> Some yes, of the I am. Sorry if I lose you. Well, no, I'm actually traveling right now. I'm not actually at home, so I'm actually nervous I might lose you. Okay. Are you there? If you do by mis- yeah, I'm here. you there? Yep. Okay. If you do by any chance, you know, cut out, just call right back in, and I'll I'll bring you right back on. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, don't worry about that. Yep. Okay. So, um, yeah, so just amazing song, really good stuff you guys have. And, you know, as we're talking about the album and stuff, and, again, I want to digress a little bit to talk about some of the challenges that led up to the new lineup and stuff. Um, did you take any guitar lessons? I mean, the guitar work you do is phenomenal. It, or are you pretty much just self-taught? Yeah, I'm just self-taught. I, I never claimed wow. to be an amazing shredding guitar player. Um, a lot of the the craziness that happens on the record is actually uh, uh, Jimmy Baby, the other guitar player. Okay. Yep, yep. He is an amazing guitar player. Uh, one wow. of the best I've ever seen. He's he's inspiring. I I think my focus my focus my whole life. I guitar has always been my passion, but I've also been very interested in the songwriting and production right. and, and everything about it. So I kind of I kind of spread myself out um, as an overall musician and songwriter and, you know, into the production side of stuff. And so the guitar player, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to go up there and just shred your face off, you know, so, right. <laughs> uh, but, but we have that guy, we have that guy. So That's cool. Yeah. No, it's just, I will both of you say, I think you both complement each other very well. Um, you know, in terms of, of your playing and your style and everything that happens um, on the album. So, yeah, kudos to you guys. Really great. So let's digress just a little bit and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about Through Tomorrow. And, you know, you had some great songs off of that. Getting Even was one of them. And then you did the, the cover, which was just an amazing rendition of Cry Little Sister. You know, just talk us a little bit, take us through a little bit that album, the success that you had, and then, unfortunately, some of the challenges that came along the way with the label and then uh, the lineup, um, you know, changing out some members. Through tomorrow, I think is the the base. It's it's the it's the first record. A lot of bands, that first record is the one that I think you most bands spend the most time on. They mm-hmm. they hone in their skills and they learn. You know, you learn the guys in your band and and what you're capable of, and you write a ton of songs and then you kind of get to that point where it's, it's time to do the record. And uh, so we, we spent some time finishing off that record and it, it was really, it was kind of, it kind of obviously defined what we were going to sound like. We we all knew we had a concept and our influences coming and, and we knew what we wanted to, we knew we wanted to be like a heavy band, but we didn't want to be that like heavy band that was just screaming all the time. You know, we're we're all into the melody and and the lyric and sure. all that. So, so we wanted to have that uh, that aspect of singing and telling a story and and having some deep lyrics and and when it came to putting the record together, I think it was 
we knew we wanted to have that that cover song on there. Or so, not not exactly a cover song, but a song that we all really enjoyed that we could kind of make our own. You know, that wasn't mm-hmm. something that was forced on us for, from a label or anything like that. It was a decision that we made that we wanted to do. And there was a couple of songs that were kind of on the table we weren't sure about, but at the end of the day, it was we just kept coming back to that one. And what was crazy is we never really, none, nobody in the band really knew it was like a full song. It was just that song from that movie. So we right. actually had to go try to find the song. It was like, it's got to be a whole song, right? I mean, it plays through part of that movie. So we were able to go and find the full song and listen to it and learn it and, you know, do put our spin on it and make it a, a seasons after sounding song. And, uh, Definitely. It, it, we all really enjoyed it. And yeah, uh, no, obviously I mean, a lot of other people did too. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. As I said, it was, it was funny because, like I'm interviewing you guys saying I'm like traveling to work this morning and and that's what's on Sirius XM Octane and I actually haven't you know I don't listen to it nonstop Sirius XM but you know usually it's either that or Howard Stern when I'm driving to work and you know that came on this morning and I was like wow that's pretty you know that's pretty kind of cool that I'm going to be talking with you tonight and that song's playing right now so yeah it's a great track you did a really good job just revamping it and like you said making it one of your songs awesome thank you so so you you know you, you sign with the label and you guys are you know playing some major festivals and doing some really great stuff and then like like I said you share what you feel comfortable sharing um, I'm not going to press you if you don't feel comfortable what what were some of the challenges that you know came up that eventually led you guys to going out on a hiatus for almost three years before you release the uh, the new album Well I think the the success of the band. There's a lot of, I mean, this this lifestyle and, and what we do as a band, it's it's really not for everybody, you know. And right. and I think that's what led to some of the the lineup changes. Um, I don't want to get into too much of the sure. the label side of stuff. Uh, sure. It it's it's really your typical kind of music, you know, horror story thing, music industry horror story stuff. I mean, it's right. It happens to a lot of bands. It's a shame. And, it is a shame, but but it happens, and it, it's you know it's part of the some labels business model, and you know I think they call it uh, just some kind of like collateral damage or whatever. But it's it's a shame, and a lot of people's a lot of people suffer from it, and it is what it is, you know. It's right. Hard time, but all of that stuff kind of just happened all at the same time um, with the lineup changes and. And then having to take the hiatus while we work through some of the some of the issues that we are having, and it, gotcha. it took some time, but we were able to, to to bounce back from it. Yeah, I mean, and and when and again, it's unfortunate because it's like you got you know you're getting kind of hit with a couple of different things at the same time. It's not like you're losing a member and just having to replace them when you're having you know multiple challenges going on. And did you ever get to the point where you're like? like with the song Wake Me, you, you know, where you're just kind of saying, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can continue, you know, dealing with these difficulties. Um, did you ever get to that point, or were you just like, no, I'm going to push forward. I know we can, you know, come out from underneath this and, and be better with new people and moving away from a label and being independent. I, I think when you're put up against obstacles like that, you, you have to be – I mean, it's silly not to think that – it's an option to stop. 
I mean, that's always there. But for me personally, it was something that I'm just so passionate about it. I couldn't not see myself doing this. There was just Mm -hmm. no way. It was something I had to do. So it didn't matter what it took. I was going to make it happen. And fortunately, I'm I'm with a group of guys that all felt the same way. Uh That's awesome. Big fire. What's that? Uh Uh-oh. Be careful. Um, Um, yeah, uh, so, yeah, so everybody was pretty thing it through no matter what it took and and the only thing that was gonna to rescue us was just time, so right so when you're when you're when when you're on this hiatus and you know you're like you said, you're kind of moving forward and moving on from the label you know issues and things that are happening, are you working in the meantime while you're you know waiting for this? Bands get put back together, find the right members. What were you doing, you know, besides, I'm sure you were doing music nonstop, but were you also having, a, were you working at a job or anything? Yeah, yeah. All of us, all of us were working and we were still, for the first year of the hiatus, we still, we all lived together in a house. Um, and we, that is where Calamity Scars and Memoirs came from, was all that music we wrote, upwards of 40 songs when that happened. And so we were in, cause we didn't know how long it was going to take or what it was going to take. So we were, we were right. still on that. We were still like, we're, we're going to fix this. We're going to make it happen. Whatever we got to do. So every day we got together and we wrote songs every day. And then, you know, we, we worked on things to see how we could, <clears throat> you know, move forward, but it still took, uh, but it took after about a year, it was like, uh, we better kind of, call it quits for a little bit. Everybody needs to, to go there, you know, go our separate ways for a little bit. So when you were living in this house, you're saying this was still all the original members at the time. No, it when was, uh, it was actually, it was actually the, that, the lineup that you're, that were, that's on this record. Oh, it is. Okay. The, okay. Yeah. yeah so, the, we parted ways with the singer, um, on the, on right. the first album cycle and touring. So, we were That's able what to I get, thought, uh, but I Tony wasn't. Couch. I wasn't 100% yeah. sure that. Okay. Tony was able so, to come out that we were, you know, we didn't want to just completely drop off the face of the earth wow. at the time. We were just building momentum, so you know it was a no-brainer to call him. I've been trying to play with him in a band for quite a while. He was yeah, one of the first me, guys um, I hit up to be. Tell me a little bit of the story about how you found Tony. <laughs> your background. That's interesting. Tell me about your relationship with him and how you contacted him to come on board. Well, when we were first putting the lineup together, he was, he was actually somebody that I contacted to, to front the band originally on the first record. And he was, it was something he couldn't do at the time. Um, so we just okay. looked elsewhere and then, and then we got the singer that was on the first record um, and then when we parted ways with him, I immediately called Tony again, and I just I called him a bunch of times. I was like, "Dude, you have to do this project. You know, come out, right. go in on tour, <laughs> and we'll just do the next record together." And uh, it took him a while to kind of to come on board with it, but finally he was like, "You know what? Let's give this a try." And uh, he came wow. out and, and helped us on the road to finish a bunch of shows we had. And uh, we immediately came off and started writing songs, and then that's when everything happened. So a lot of the the focus turned into, you know, into that hiatus and, and trying to figure out what we were going to do from there. Right. 
And what were you, Chris, if you don't mind me asking, what were you doing for work, you know, on the side while you were putting the band together, writing the new music? What were you doing for, what were you guys, or what were you doing for work? I'm actually a graphic designer, so uh, I just designed oh, album that. layouts and websites and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and did it's you, pretty, um, pretty good job you can have from the road because you can pretty much do it from anywhere as long as you have a laptop. Definitely. Definitely. Did you train yourself in all that stuff, Chris, or did you take any classes? No, it was one of those things that if you're going to do something as a band, you're either at the mercy of somebody else or you can figure <laughs> out how to do it yourself. You know, so nice. the graphic design thing was something that I just had to figure out. It was, You know, as a band, you need it, so I was going to figure it right. out. It's me well, no, spreading and I know myself. You said that again. <laughs> right. And I know you said in the beginning, and I definitely wanted to get into learning a little bit more about your background with the graphic design. So I'm assuming you did your the cover for your album? Yes, I work with all yes. the artwork with uh, the our drummer, Tim, because he is also a graphic designer. Oh, so we, okay. we pretty much team up on all the artwork, and, and then obviously we get the input from the band and, you know, their ideas, and then we just kind of hit it home and finalize stuff. But we pretty much do everything we can in-house. That's great. And what we're talking about the album cover again, because I, I analyze everything and I like to look at the, the meaning behind stuff. I mean, I thought it was really interesting with the eyes and it almost looks like they're horrified and they saw something they shouldn't have seen. You know, tell us a little bit about why you chose that and, and what the, the meaning is behind that album cover. Again, you, I mean, you kind of hit it <laughs> on the head with that. It's It's definitely like, you know, your eyes being open to everything and, what right. what it really is like to be in the music industry and in the music business, um, and well, even on the back, you know, even on the back, there's a, a mountain, and it's it's you know the mountain to climb and stuff. On the yeah. first record, it was kind of themed. The artwork was a bit themed um, through Tomorrow, where it was it was kind of a mess on the front and in the back. Uh, there was a girl walking away in a, a walking away in a white dress, you know, so making it through cool. Tomorrow. And and it's kind of similar with this one. I mean, we kind of like to theme the art around the message of the the record. Yeah, no, it's great. I love it. I love the cover. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's just it really catches your attention. And cool. Well, I'm glad I, I hit the nail on the head with that one too. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So let's do this. Let's uh, check out "So Long Goodbye" because I want to again talk a little bit more about the album and what's in store for the future with any uh, upcoming shows, tours, etc. Okay. So okay. tell us, I'm sure, again, it's kind of rhetorical, the question, but um, meaning redundant, but tell us a little bit about So Long Goodbye, and it's another just phenomenal track off this album. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. That's one of the cool, it's it's actually got a cool story. When we first got with Tony, we had already started working on a couple of songs musically, and uh, that that song and another one that's on the record, we actually gave him some music to, and we're like, look, let's see if, you know, we fit the vibe here. Write something for this, and we'll see what's up. So, So Long Goodbye is actually the the second song we ever did. Weathered and Worn and So Long Goodbye are the first two songs we ever wrote as a band with with Tony Housh as, as the vocalist, and, and probably two of the better tracks, some at least some of my favorites on the record. Yeah, so. I love what... I love Weathered and Worn too. That's just yeah, that's an awesome track too, definitely. So, um so okay, so the the concept was again you were trying to go in this direction 
you know, I don't want to say it's like a an album in terms of like a theme album, so to speak, but, you know, the titles do capture, again, the struggles you guys went through, and, and that was the overall kind of vibe of So Long Goodbye. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, everybody's faced with stuff, and I think when you're trying to, the message of that one was just letting go, you know, the, the, right. the course says it, so long goodbye, you know. Yep. I think. You there? Oh, he dropped. Okay, well, this will be a good time. He can call back in because he said that he was in not a great area. So, uh, all right, everyone, let's check out right now. So long, goodbye, seasons after second hit single that is currently played. I've heard it before on Sirius XM Octane and some of the other major stations out there. So let's check it out, and then he will call back in, and we'll be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. So long, goodbye from Seasons After, off of their album, Calamity, Scars, and Memoirs, which, again, is out now. Check these guys out. You will not be disappointed with this album. And uh, pick a copy of it up. All right, so Chris, uh, he's back here, so let's bring him back on. All right, hello, hello. great, great song. Hello, hello. Good, good. Perfect timing. It worked out well. <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully we can stay connected. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll start uh we'll start wrapping things up within the next like I'd say ten minutes. So let's try to hang in there for at least another ten minutes and uh talk about some other stuff and then I will let you be on your way. So okay, so let's talk about real quick, how did you come up with the title for the album? I mean I love it. It's a it's a great title. Oh, thank you. Um it was I, I think we were we toyed around with a few ideas. I think Wake Me was actually tossed in the hat at one point for the for the album but after a few conversations it was something that we really wanted to kind of almost title it like a book instead of an album with an with an album track or like title track or something and sure and uh calamity scars and memoirs popped up and it was just i think everybody really gravitated towards it because it really defines you know what the what the record's about so Nice, definitely, definitely. And while we're on the topics of meanings of things, how did you come up with, I mean, you're the founding person of the band. How did you come up with the title Seasons After for the name of the band? It was actually at the end of, I don't know if you want to call it, it was a poem or lyric or story. Uh, it was it was, uh, it was, was the last line of a story that that I had wrote about just being going through a bunch of stuff and you know in life you kind of you lose loved ones and there's good mm-hmm. times and bad times or whatever but it's it's really about like everything that you go through kind of defines who you are as a person and uh the last line of that was um through like through all the struggles and stuff you really find out who you truly are in the seasons after cool Very and so cool. that that, that, that kind of turned into the band name Nice. Very cool. I like when sometimes people are like, well, we don't really have a story behind it. We just kind of needed a name, and it it was catchy. So that's cool. That's really cool. So, I mean, any uh, any interest of ever signing with a label again? Or no, you guys want to keep just doing it on your own if you can? It's not out of the question, but for right now, where we're at as a band, and, and we're really close, and we have a lot of drive and determination to see what kind of damage we can do on our own. So. Sure we don't have any thoughts or plans of it. It, it. It's something that's obviously not out of the question, but for right now, this is the way we want to do it. And I think we're going to do our best to make it happen this way. That's cool. And and like you said, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate, but then you guys have control over everything in terms of how you want to dictate your career and, and what you guys are doing. And how did you, cause I've, I've booked several shows with Steve Karras um, from SKH music. How did you guys hook up with him? Cause he's just wonderful. Oh, yeah, I really like Steve a lot. Um, I reached out. I, I mean, the, you know, a band needs a publicist. They need somebody to handle that stuff for them. And uh, I reached out to some people and got some just some kind of like references of like, hey, who, who do you think would be good for this project? Or, you know, who's right. somebody that you might refer to us or whatever. And his name just continuously popped up. So I reached out to him and uh, after some talks, obviously wanted to listen to, to the record and what we were doing and hear our story, and we, we chatted for a while, and 
I think it was a project that he could get behind, and, and uh, we obviously wanted to work with him, so we just kind of sealed the deal there and been working hard at it ever since. That's great. You know, it's so funny you say that because, you know, again, without what you've been doing, without revealing stuff, you know, I've worked with a ton of people now in terms of booking bands, and you're right. There's there's a handful that I can name on my hand that I will always go to because they're reliable, they're professional, you know, they get it done. It's it's easy to book through them. It's not this challenge of them not getting back to you. So you're right. I mean, that, that was smart how you guys kind of, you know, asked around to get some referrals. Yeah, you you have to. I mean, in a position like, like this where, you know, it's not like we have endless pockets to do stuff and, you know, we're going to make mistakes as a band doing this independently. But one thing that we don't have to make mistakes on is just hiring the first person that, you know, hey, you want to be on this team and, and go through people that, that don't fit, you know. So it's it's right. worth the time to, to talk to people and get references and, and, and just get the people on the team that you know believe in it and, and want to be a part of it and that that other people speak highly of. And, and that's one great thing about Steve is, you know, everybody that talks about him holds him in high regard. You know, he, he gets stuff done. He's driven. He's, yep. he's an awesome guy. So, Yeah. No, oh, good. Congratulations. That's a good match for you guys. Really good match. So tell us a little bit about, and again, you know, if you feel free to, I'd like to know, you know, what do you guys like to do in your downtime? I know you're pretty much nonstop music, but Maybe you can share something about some of the other members, like while you're out on the road. Does anyone have any, you know, do they like to read or do they like to watch movies? Anything interesting that you guys like to either do together or some people do independently? Um, that's, a, that's a pretty good question. I hate to, I hate to answer for everyone, but um, right, I, right. Know that, <laughs> I know that Jimmy is uh, he's crazy passionate about guitar playing, and if that I guarantee you I'm 100% sure he's probably sitting at his house right now playing guitar. I'm I'm sure wow. of it. That dude okay. does that all the time. Play guitar or video games if it's not one, it's the other. Okay. 100% cool. sure. If you call him and ask him what he's doing, that's what he's playing guitar or playing video games. <laughs> right. <laughs> so and then right. Tony, Tony's, uh, Tony's an outdoors kind of, kind of out in the wilderness kind of guy, so he likes a lot of that uh, – do it yourself, gardening, and I don't want to say like into the world of like apocalypse type stuff, but I think right. he's really into that stuff, like just self-sustainable type living stuff. So he's he's probably work somewhere working on that kind of stuff. Uh, okay. I I actually have just been recording. Uh, I had this week off, and I've actually been working with another project on on producing some songs for another another artist. Cool. And you have, um, Chris, you have the whole studio, I'm assuming, set up in your house? Yes. Currently in the house that I'm in right now, it has the, the a studio set up downstairs, yeah. That's where right. we and recorded did... Calamity Scars. Go ahead. That's where yeah, we recorded I mean, You did a phenomenal job on that. Did you, and you, did you mix everything, too? I did not mix this record, okay. no. We had uh, Mark Lewis from Audio Hammer mix it. Um, we went through several different recording and mixing processes with this. Um, we were just so, we we were on a mission to get this this record exactly how we wanted it, and and weirdly enough, it took more than one time. Recorded every one of those songs two, three times. Um, wow! At different places, had different people mixing on them. 
but we finally it finally kind of came down to uh, Mark knew what we were going for with the music. He he knew that we wanted that organic kind of raw metal vibe, and he just he just cast it. He hit it home. The music's super aggressive, and the lyrics yep. is still very emotional and passionate. And he just he he was perfect for the job. I think he's well known for a lot heavier bands like you know, a cannibal corpse or unearth or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, but wow. It, it was a good fit for us. You know, we, I think we were cool. all kind of taking a chance on it, but it, we're, we're all really glad we did. It was a perfect fit. He captured it. And uh, hearing the first couple songs come back, we were like, fuck, that's it right there. That's right. what we were going for. So. <laughs> nice. You can't, I, that's you, awesome. I can't personally mix any of our music. It, it gets to the point where, you just never too know involved when to in stop. It. Right. You're too involved. Right. You can never stop mixing. It's, you, you can't put an end date on when is this song done because it will never be done. Right. <laughs> right. So, no, yeah, I think that's smart. You kind of have to let somebody else do it. Right. That's great. And, again, I'm assuming you taught yourself everything you know about producing and doing the studio work and all that stuff. Yeah, I just paid a lot of attention when this band went into the studio. I was very interested in it, so being able to shadow a couple of great um, engineers, Alex Gerst uh, at Indian Trails, Empire Sound Studios now. He's, he's amazing. And being able to watch him work um, on the first record. Um, and then a good friend of mine, Joe Marlette, uh, taking me on a little bit, showing me some ropes and just going around and, and just learning everything I could from the people that I looked up to and that stuff. And, and then just start recording and, that's basically how you figure it out. You got to start recording and make all the mistakes, and at some point you're going to start making things sound decent, and then from there maybe someday they'll start sounding good. <laughs> so it's just a matter <laughs> of doing it. It's a, it's a it's a practical skill like anything else, like playing guitar or drums or anything. You just got to do it and start working at it. Right, right. No, thanks again. Thanks for sharing. That's really cool to hear. That again, you guys are like this one-stop shop, so to speak, in terms of trying to do it all on your own. Um, cool. So so I don't take up the rest of your night because I could interview you probably for another at least half hour, hour, but I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> um, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you guys are going to be playing shows next and, you know, any bands that you're going to be uh, out on the road with, you know, share some of that. Right now for the next few months, we're just really working at, at uh, getting back on the road um, working out the bugs. I mean, we've been off the road for a few years now, so I know. You know, we have we've we've got to kind of adjust back into that with our families and you know with gear and and just everything. It just it's not something you just jump into one day and it's like boom, we're we're well oiled machine right. day one. You know, so it's right. Uh, that's what we're doing. We're just kind of getting our feet wet and and getting out and seeing some old friends and and just playing some shows right now and hopefully towards. Uh, very end of the year, the first part of next year, we're going to start really lining out some, hopefully a little bit more serious tours and, and uh, really start moving heavy from there. Right now it's, you know, just a few days here, a few days there, a few days here. Good. Just kind of getting the swing great. of things. Definitely. And when you said families, are all of you guys married? Um, I mean, everybody has significant others, yeah. Significant and, and others, okay. From, yeah, since we're from from all over, Jimmy being from Southern Illinois and Tim's now in, in Arkansas and Tony's in Dallas and, 
and Jesse's in wow. Missouri. We're kind of stretched out oh all God. over, so we got a lot of territories to reach. Definitely. Wow. That's well. Again, that's a huge accomplishment that you guys are from, like you said, all these different areas, and you're making this thing happen. So that's that's something to be very proud of. Thanks. Definitely. So, well, Chris, it was such a pleasure having you on the show, and I always, you know, say to my guests, especially when they have done a great job, and it's been just an honor having you on. You're always welcome back on. So, if you have another album out in the future, or you want to promote something, you can contact me or have Steve contact me. And uh, I wish you, you know, so much success with the album. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me and putting up with the all the noise and the traveling during the interview. <laughs> That's a, oh, you're in the car right now. Is that what's happening? Oh, yeah. I'm driving down the interstate right now. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I give you credit for staying focused and uh, doing a very good interview. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, and please, if you can, please promote the podcast because I'd love for your fans to hear uh, the podcast if they didn't tune into the live show. Will do. Okay. So thanks so much again, Chris. Please keep in touch, and I wish you guys uh, all the success in the world with the new album. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate that. Cool. Have a great night, Chris. Okay, take care. Bye. All right, everyone, again, Chris Dawson from Seasons After, and everyone needs to download a copy of that album right now, Calamity, Scars, and Memoirs, and we played two of their hit singles tonight, So Long Goodbye and Wake Me, but as I said, the album is jam-packed with one great song after another. So if you like heavy music, that's melodic. And, again, these guys are an extreme talent when it comes to uh, songwriting, catchy hooks, etc. Pick up a copy of this album, and you can also visit them at seasonsafter.com. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If for some reason you tuned in late to the show, there will be a podcast to download or stream after it's over. And I would appreciate it, too, if you follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. I will also uh, respond back and follow you, too. And you can... um, Find out everything that's happening on my show by going to the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook and liking the page. I do regular updates with upcoming shows and events. And let's see, who do we have coming on next? I'm working on right now a band called Crash Midnight. It's a it's a really huge band. And guys got some really, really cool kind of classic rock type of music. So they're going to be coming on in the next couple of weeks. And Nonpoint, I'm in the process of solidifying that interview. They will be coming on in November, hopefully and a ton of other bands. So as well as I have comedians on my show, filmmakers, uh, again, please download the podcast and you can check it out. And lastly, if you want to befriend me on Facebook, uh, Carrie Edelman, send me a friend request as I love to keep in touch with people that way too. It's a little more personable. So thanks so much again for tuning in tonight. And again, if you tuned in late, please check out Chris Dawson from Seasons After. He did a great job with the interview and you'll learn some really interesting things about uh, the band and their musical journey. So again, thanks for tuning in and have a great night.